Hey there, this is Rich One Paul Rockwell. Yo, this is Don Riggin. This is the Warren Pigney. This is Jason Pitts. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to the, the Adam, Adam Talks, Talks Podcast. Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. And you're listening to it with Adam Shirley and the Adam Talks Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back. This is the Adam Talks Podcast, and I'm Adam Shirley, right here on the premiere of season two. Yeah, we're blue now. We have a white lettering, white circle, blue background. I like it. I think it looks nice. It's simple. It doesn't It doesn't take away from the conversations. It's not part of the image. It is simple. Our guest today, let me just say, the conversation we had, it was that it was simple it was an easy conversation it was like i've known the guy for years and i think that comes down to him being a backyard wrestler in indiana and that taking up a large portion of his life because i wrestled in a backyard promotion for 15 years that's a large portion of my life you know i wrestled in the backyard so we were able to gel and talk about a whole bunch of things having to do with backyard stuff having to do with independence because he was an indie scene for a hiccup um, and talk about promoting because, you know, we both have that mindset, but we also talk about some deeper stuff. Guys, I'm not going to hold you up any further with this week's premiere episode, the very first episode of season two and our guest, Johnny Pompas. Right now we have an awesome guest, uh, on the show today, somebody that I actually met when I was in my backyard days for the SCCW and I came on his show. All right. It, it was a really cool experience. I think it was the first interview I've ever really done. If I can, if I can think correctly, I don't know. I might've done one for the SCCW before that, but nothing like this where there was a call in and I'm getting off track. This guy is a former promoter for promotion. Uh, spent a little bit of time in the independent scene, but the main majority of his time, he was a backyard wrestler, and he did it great. We're on here with the one, the only, Johnny Pompas. Johnny, how's it going, man? It's going pretty good, Adam. I greatly appreciate that introduction. Uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You're you're in Indiana. We were talking the other day for like a very short period of time on the phone, but you're from Indiana. I, I guess we got kind of connected through the usbwa which is like a giant network of backyard promotions uh yes, and, sir. you know i came onto your show but i didn't know you were from indiana i didn't know where you were from if i'm being honest i was just like there you go you know uh land, what, land what, of corn man do what the land of corn there you go just keep driving if you pass the corn you're out of indiana that's about that's right the that's the way it works um what's the weather been like here lately man uh, it's been uh, it's been crap, man. It's <laughs> it can't uh, it can't make up its mind. Like you know, we had like two or three days of super cold weather, and it was trying to snow, and then it didn't snow, and then it rained, and then today for some reason it was bright, sunny, and warm. Yeah. Oh man, I, I don't even know. I, I I know what you mean. It's been the exact same here, man. Like it was like last week. I think it was. It was like thirties like low 30s at that you know 
for yeah. like several days last week. And then this week you're turnaround and it's like fall, springtime weather, like 50s, almost 60, 70 degree, somewhere between 50 and 70 degree weather, you know? No, it's, it's crazy. Like, what the hell is going on? You know, uh, today was about like that. And then now it's starting to kind of cool down. We're, spe- we're expecting to get rain and a lot of snow like Monday and Tuesday or something. Anyway, <laughs> you're in Indiana. Your love for wrestling had to start somewhere, man. Where did it start for you? Man, my love of wrestling, uh, man, it's, it's, it's funny. It's not, it's not traditional. You know, you got most guys talk about how they, uh, used to watch like, you know, old school WWE, WWF or WCW with their, with the parents or their grandparents. Right. For me, man, um, I saw a movie when I was 14. Uh, it was called Ready to Rumble uh, <laughs> with David Arquette. It was a fantastic movie. And I don't know, I don't know what it was, man, but, but I, I loved it. And so me and my buddy at the time, uh, living in a place called Nab, Indiana, we, uh, he had a trampoline and we, you know, we started out just doing moves to each other, playing around. And even though it was nothing serious and it was just the two of us, I don't know, something clicked in my brain. I don't know what it was, but it was it was crazy, man. Like we, we did it every day, like after school, and then lo and behold, my, me and my family moved uh like forty miles away to a town called Jeffersonville. Um it was a guy named James, uh, who was my brother's best friend at the time. I was the annoying little brother that followed him everywhere and annoyed all his friends. But for some reason, me and James kind of clicked. And when I turned 16, that's when I started really getting into like watching WWE. And, uh, you know, what year was that? That was 2003. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I just started getting into it. And I was hanging out with a couple other buddies at the time. Me and James really weren't hanging out that often. Me and three other friends started this like little indoor back bedroom wrestling thing. We were coming out to theme music and yeah, just having little matches, and we didn't know what we were doing. And <laughs> we started doing that just on a regular basis. And it turns out at the exact same time, my buddy James and his little circle of friends, they weren't having matches, but they had built this little makeshift ring down in the woods behind his house, and they were doing stuff. Oh wow! And then me and James figured out one day that we were both doing this, and we just kind of came together, and then we mixed like you know. He had a he had a better grasp on like moves and and how to do things, and like I had a bigger vision of we need music, we need show, we need storyline, and we just kind of got together <laughs> and merged it, and it just yeah. kind of took off, man. Yeah, man, uh, I-, I can relate to that in a heavy way, dude. We started. Uh, wrestling, uh, me, my brother, uh, my cousin, and my best friend were the founding four members of what is today today known as the SCCW. It hasn't been around. It's kind of gone out for a little bit, but hopefully some point we'll have what we need to make an actual comeback with it. It'll be great. Uh, right. But <clears throat> But we were the founding four of that, and we started off, I think, 2006 i was 16 so we started off in the backyard we had like a little ring we had made with uh i think four by four posts like four by four by i think maybe eight or 16 uh, eight or something like that maybe less no a lot smaller 
Anyway, we had, uh, I'm getting off t- track. I go on tangents. Uh, we, uh, we had like box springs underneath these mattresses and stuff. And we'd get out there and we just do what we could. We had it all connected with like three water hoses that we nailed into the posts. <laughs> and, and we went out there and we had no clue what the hell we were doing, man. It was great though. It was the beginning of something really cool. And we started doing that. It was me against my best friend and my younger brother and my cousin Cody, uh, that were, uh, feuding each with each other, you know? And we didn't know, we, we just knew, Hey, let's have, let's have a match. Let's make it for the world championship. But the world championship had no meaning. We didn't understand that. We just wanted to do what we saw on the TV, you know, and I, I am a WCW guy, like you were saying, you know, I started watching wrestling in 97 uh, when I was seven years old. So, uh, I jump. You jump forward to 06. We we decided to make a ring with mattresses. You jump forward the next year. We have about 16 mattresses, and that's double stack. Act just mattresses, twin size mattresses, full size queens, whatever we could get. And we had it big square, and off of each corner we had a twin size match uh, mattress making like a buzzsaw shape. We called it the buzzsaw arena, um, <laughs> okay. and we had this giant tarp that had CKW wrestling on it, and it had just a split down the seam. And I told you this on the first one, uh, or on the one on your episode. But, you know, we walked out, and we just had fun and stuff. And then it, it kind of grew uh, after that even more. Not the ring, not any of that, because somebody lit a fire off in the side yard, and it just burned the ring down one day. I can't oh, no. So I cried my eyes out, just so upset about it. I'm not even going to lie, man. Uh, but we moved it into the living room. So we had it indoor. Uh, 2008 and 2009 was indoor time period where like a bunch more of my friends came in and they're like, we want to do this. And so I started making up ideas for stories. And that's where the idea came from. We already had this feud. So why not make this feud be whatever he lost? So he's asking for a rematch, uh, this and that. And then friends just decided, you know, they didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. They're just like, I only did it, you know, we only, or I only did it. I can only speak for one friend I asked. He's one of my very best friends, though, and I, I love him to death. This uh, is <clears throat> wired my, uh, the guy that was there with me, my brother, and my cousin. Uh, he's like, I'm only, I only did it because, you know, you're my best friend and you loved it. But at the time, I took that as like, you know, I didn't want to do this anyway. So I'm only doing it because you want to do it. And it was not meant that way. You know, it was meant right. affectionately, and I didn't see it back then. So I was bitter for a little bit about that. But I, I can relate heavily to, to that that younger time period. When did it start getting more elaborate for you, man? So it's, it's funny because you were talking about how, like, the, uh, the ring accidentally burned down. So <laughs> we, uh, we did the mattress thing, too, man, starting out. So we... Uh, it, I don't know what it was, man. It seems like for some reason back in 2003, 2004, if, yeah. you, walk, if you walk down the streets of the projects, you were going to find mattresses. It was just going to happen. <laughs> that makes sense. Leave it on the dumpster, man. Yeah, so we just, you know, there'd be like three of us, you know, walking the, walk the neighborhood looking for mattresses and like lugging them back to the, my buddy's yard. And we did that for a long time. And then we, uh, I'm, uh, my buddy moved to the same apartment complex that I was living in. I was 16 and uh, we had been doing it in Charlestown because that's where he lived at the time. But now he like lives right next door to me and mm-hmm. there's this like big empty field 
right yeah. next to the apartment complex. So we started wrestling there. And <clears throat> I guess for legal purposes, what I'm going to say is we acquired some things. <laughs> and we uh we we had built this like really cool little setup man it was a um, set of box springs we had found all these like wooden pallets the skids yeah and, and we built a frame and then you know we put our mattresses on it and then we had like we found this like big roll of uh man i don't even know what it's called but it's it's like that roofing paper that you put on before the shingle yeah 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 yeah, yeah and we just like covered the ring with that we made a little entranceway um we quote unquote found this really cool like 20 foot a-frame ladder and we just like we just set up this cool spot and we were doing this for like two months and like to us you know this was great it was fantastic and uh one day the it turns out that field was owned by um this this dude that owned this motel like that was maybe i don't know a good like 100 feet away from it yeah and they came out one day and they're like, look, y'all can't do this anymore. We're tired of it. Gotta go. And we started like trying to gather our stuff. They're like, leave the stuff, come back tomorrow and get it. We're calling the cops if you don't go now. So I was like, oh crap, we gotta go. Yeah. So we left and then we waited till like later that night to go back to get the stuff. And most of it was gone. Oh man. And we thought, you know, maybe they took it or they threw it away or something. It was funny, though, because the one thing that we were super devastated about was that ladder. That ladder was gone. Yeah. Funny story, little side note. About four years later, I ended up finding that ladder. <laughs> I, was, I, was walking, I was walking down the railroad tracks uh, uh, in Jeffersonville, and it, like, went past, like, you know, this, uh, this little residential area, and there you could see houses. And I was looking... And I saw what looked like our ladder, and I was like, well, there's only one way to know if it's our ladder. Because we had spray-painted our little logo on the side of it, and lo and behold, it was still there. Wow. So I would like to say I knocked on the door and was like, hey, this is ours, misunderstanding. That's not what happened, but we did get our ladder back. (laughs) (laughs) For legal purposes, you found it somewhere else. Exactly. Like, it just mysteriously showed back up in our house. There you go. ghost ladder yeah but no as far as getting more elaborate um i would say once all that stuff was taken we decided we don't need a bunch of stuff and we started doing it on the ground and we we probably did it on the straight ground let's see until 2000 i want to say 2012 and by then even though it was done on the ground, we were taking things super seriously. It wasn't a professional promotion by any means. There was really not much money involved, but we were running it as if it were. And we had rules set in place. We were doing storylines. We were having a regular scheduled show every week. And my, my buddy Nelson at the time was trying to break into the business. And he had met a couple of contacts through doing so. And uh, basically what ended up happening was this guy that was running a promotion at the time, an indie promotion, um, 
he basically, you know, watched a couple of our videos. And was like, man, you guys, you guys aren't bad, you know, for backyard. You guys are not bad. And we had this big show coming up, and he offered to let us use his ring, which, wow. to me, you know, at the time, I'm just like, I didn't think I'd ever step foot in a real ring. So, I mean, this is cool. So, yeah. man, you know, has a has his guy bring it over in a trailer and. Uh, we get taught how to set it up. We use it. It's fantastic. He ended up letting us use it two more times for our shows as well. But, man, the difference. I, I don't know if you've been in a in an actual ring, but I will say this, man. The difference between the ground, mattresses, whatever, and a ring, it, I mean, it's night and day. I mean, it was, yeah. I, I thought I was in love with wrestling until I took Got my first bump. Yeah, yeah man. Insane. Yeah, I've I've been in a ring uh, several times. I've had six professional matches uh, for independent promotions here in Arkansas. So, yeah, um, I've been in a I've been in a ring. I absolutely love it, man. There's no feeling like taking a bump, whether it's on a low boy or whether it's in a big, you know, uh, I don't know what the parameters of it is, but you know what I'm saying, a full size ring or a low boy, it doesn't really matter. The Not difference is night and day. And I know about falling down uh, when we were doing the backyard stuff whenever uh i did the podcast with you we are on uh something that was called the hardwood yeah. dirt dirt rock kind of grassy stuff a I quarter inch of plywood and, a, and maybe quarter inch like weightlifting mats oh god and you're just falling on the wood taking the bumps the best you can and you know doing what you can so it's it, it was better than falling on rocks yeah, but it was still falling straight on the ground, and that's all you were getting. You weren't getting no give in any way. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah, no. So I, I can I can understand that. We did that for the last I think year of the SCCW. Um, so you got you got the chance to be in a ring. You got the chance to do stuff like that. Is that when your actual backyard traveling career started, or did you do your own promotion uh, still? So as as far as like backyard traveling goes, man. Um, we took a break, right? So we took a break, I'd say between 2005 and 2000, I want to say 10. Yeah, 2010. So about a five-year break, um, which, again, it's before the ring and all that. And when we decided to bring it back, it was it was me, James. James has always been my partner in, in wrestling and, uh, and a couple other guys that we knew. Um, YouTube, I don't think, had been purchased by Google yet. It was still very, I don't know. I don't know the word is. It was cool. I, I, it was yeah, better. I know what you mean, though, man. I really do. And uh, I had looked up Backyard Wrestling Southern Indiana. I found this group. Um, we we don't really see eye to eye anymore, so I'm, I'm not going to mention the group's name. Um, but I found them. They were doing stuff a lot similar to us, and. I sent him a message on YouTube. I was like, hey, you know, I don't know what part of Southern Indiana you guys are from, but we're from Jeffersonville. We'd like to, you know, talk about getting a show together. And we we did these little back and forth promo videos for like a year straight. And then I was like, you know, this is never gonna happen. We're just we're just having fun. Um and one day, uh the, their main guy sent me a message and he just all all he did was throw a phone number in there. He didn't give me any information. Just I get a message with a phone number. So I'm like, all right, I'll give it a call. So I call it and it's him. And he's like, man, I don't know if you can do it or not. He's like, but tomorrow we're having a little show. 
you know, we're just going to be recording. He's like, I haven't told my guys that you're coming yet, but if you guys could make it, uh, we'd love to do some kind of crossover event. And I'm like, cool. So I got his address, talked to my buddy James. We made the plans. We went up there and it was like a three hour drive to Greensburg. And, uh, man, they were, they were a great bunch of, bunch of guys. And we had a, we had a nice little event and then, you know, we continued doing our thing and growing. Um, and then we had this big show planned in 2012, no, 2011. Um, and it's our biggest thing. It's our WrestleMania. It's called Rise of Champions. And, uh, we didn't have the ring yet, um, but we had a, a huge roster and the place we were doing it, we were doing it um, at this little patch of grass in Lafayette Square um, apartment complex. And we we had a dedicated fan base that lived in the apartments that would always come out and watch. And uh, me and James worked in a nightclub as our main jobs at the time. And there was a hot dog vendor there and we talked to him and we ended up getting the hot dog vendor to come to our little backyard show and, and do hot dogs. and. Uh, Wow. The Greensburg guys were actually a part of that show. And it was, uh, man, I think we had, I want to say 20 different wrestlers on the roster that day. It was, it was this big, like three hour long live event, you know, and I mean, we didn't film it live. You know, we obviously just recorded and edited it later, but I mean, it was actually being there man it was it was a huge elaborate setup um at least at the time for us i mean we had we had walkie talkies going to where people backstage can communicate with like people up front that's it was cool. cool it it was cool man it was a it was a, it was a nice <laughs> so time. no uh, where did you do where did you do uh, all right you had the setup there how did you uh what was the locker room per se for for <laughs> your guys was it in an, was it in a house and no. or so the locker room so in this little area, the very back of the area, there's this big chain link fence, a very tall one. And right behind that were the railroad tracks. So what we did is we got these big sheets, covered up the chain link fence, made a little curtain entryway, put our logo on it, and put all our guys behind the fence on the railroad tracks. Nice, nice. It was, it was kind of cool. But um, no, man, so like uh, we did the, man, I'm like hopping around all over the place. I'm sorry um you're fine man you're fine a lot of information this is a, yeah. this is awesome dude so 2013 um we've we've done the ring thing and uh the guy that was letting us borrow the ring at the time um had reached out to me and said hey man you know i've put together he's like you know i, I promote my main show he's like i've put together a side show called xcw rookies he's like and what this is is like people with a little bit of experience who kind of know what they're doing they can come in, you know, work a match, you know, and, uh, you know, in, in, in the ring at, at the venue in front of a live audience and kind of see how you do, you know, you do this for a while. He's like, we'll, we'll get you trained. We'll, we'll move you up to the main roster, you know, things like that. So I ended up doing that, uh, like two or three times and it was a blast. It was, it was a nice transition, like from backyard to not quite full, indies you know but yeah. i mean yeah i mean it was it was a it was an indie pr promotion and you know it was a, it was done on a sunday so i mean it wasn't like a big big turnout or anything but it was i had a great time with it it was it and was then, it was more exposure is what it was man it yeah. was it was and then uh i did that a couple of times and then i ended up starting a new job and i got married and things kind of 
kind yeah. of took seat in the in, on the back burner. But uh ended up talking to this guy again about a year, year and a half later, and he was in the market of selling his business. So I talked to my wife at the time, talked to one of my buddies, and we bought it. Wow. And we uh we ran two successful shows, uh, booked people, you know, from the indie indie line and it was it was a good time. And then unfortunately, um I don't want to get into too much details, but um another person at the time had basically, you know, told me, Hey, it's either it's either me or the wrestling, you know, I, the wrestling it's it's violent. I don't I don't believe in it, blah 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 blah. So ended up selling that completely to my other business partner at the time and I love him to death, but man, he, he didn't do anything with it. He didn't do yeah. anything with it. And then uh yeah, I mean that's that's kind of when you know my my little indie scene just got this big red halt and I didn't do anything with wrestling again until about 2015. Went back to the backyard um, until about 2018. Um, then stopped again. And then and me and my buddy James, like I said, he's always been my partner and everything. We started talking and we wanted to do it again, but we wanted to do it right this time. So then yeah. we got in contact with a guy that uh, that owns a venue um, we rented it out. We got all our guys back. Uh, we had the full setup. We had announcers, commentators, uh, you know, wireless mics, you know, just the whole nine. And we, we did a show and it was great. We ended up doing another one and we were going to continue with that promotion. And then, you know, just life, life kind of gets in the way, man, as you get older, you know, the yeah. things that you have passion for have to take a back seat sometimes for, you know, responsibility and it's, I don't know. Yeah. The thing, the thing I got to say about it is man, life in in my thought process, at least, and I'm sure it's the same for you. I mean, the the way you've said already proves it. Uh, Life comes first, you know, Uh, nothing's more important than your family, the relationships, the the people that are close and near to you and making sure they're all right. And that they know they're loved and cared about just like you want to be, uh, you know, and, and nothing you can replace hobbies. You can you can uh, wait to live your dream out. You can you can do all kinds of things, but you can't replace people or time. So life definitely comes first, you know. Um, but uh, as far as your your promotion that you were doing recently, or the promotion you were just talking about at the end, man. What was that like? The feeling of being, I mean, you said you did it before when you had that other promotion. Let's go back to then. I'm jumping around too. It happens. Um, but the uh, first promotion that, that you were saying that you ran, uh, the one that you bought, uh, what was it like running your first show? Like actually running your first full show with a ring, with a crowd, with a setup? You know, what, what was that like for you, man? Um... What's 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 the best way to say this? A, a clusterfuck. <laughs> the, the, the very first time, loved it, loved every minute of it. But but so the the guy that uh, that I had uh, that was going to be running the music did not show up. So I ended up running the music for the show, which, and and the way we had the music 
set up was actually inside a building and then which was the locker room and then the ring and all the, and the audience and stuff was outside of the parking lot. I didn't, I, I got to partake in the very first match cause it was a, uh, a battle Royal, yeah. but then I ran right back to the back and I did <laughs> the music for the rest of the show. I, I didn't get to see anything. First elimination. Now I'm back in gorilla. Yeah. But the, here's the great thing, dude. <laughs> oh man. I love this. So we got this guy who's always been in our backyard wrestling group. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not going to mention mention his name. Uh, he asked me not to. Um, he told he told me I could tell whatever story I wanted. Just don't mention his name. Um, <laughs> we we used to oh. give him a hard time, man. We we just I don't know, man. We we just rode him hard all the time. I'm, and I'm... Uh, he was in the battle royal. And the very first thing that I did in this in this match, I brought a set of actual legitimate handcuffs. <laughs> Did not tell anybody about it. Oh, no. I handcuffed him to a turnbuckle, and then I got eliminated. <laughs> and I went back to the back, and it, and it wasn't until the match was almost over. Somebody ran in there and were like, do you have a key to these damn cuffs? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I do. They're like, yeah, good, because we can't win until we throw him out. So apparently, like this whole match, and it was like a twenty-minute long match. Apparently, this whole match, he was just getting kicked and and hit. It was how he was Jesus. mad at me. He was he was so mad. But, I uh, bet, man. I bet. But no, man. Not from what I understand, not much went right about that show. Audience loved everything, but uh, the person that was supposed to win the battle royal didn't win, just due to like you know politics. I'll say, um, and then. There was a couple other just little trailer hitches here and there, but I, I think I think the issue with that promotion was that it wasn't mine. Like I owned it, I ran it, I didn't establish it, and I, I didn't really feel too much connection with it. Yeah. So the one that me and my buddy formed. Yeah. We put thought into. We put time into. Um, and, and we loved it and we, we still love it. It's just, I don't know. I, I, right now, I think it, it's easy to say, you know, I don't see it happening again. Like, but I've said that, I don't know how many times I don't, I don't know about you, but I've talked to a couple other people that have, have put wrestling down and then picked it right back up. And like, it's just, it's always been something that I've never fully been able to part ways with or fully just close the book on. Like, I think I'm done. And then a couple of years later, something happens. Right. But yeah. I can relate but, to that in a heavy way, man. Uh, yeah. Like I said, SCCW, man, uh, from 07 to 09, it was going. Then it didn't come back to where in a wrestling capacity till 2017, 2016, something like that. Yeah, it was a giant big. gap of no no wrestling at all, and it was very oh my gosh, you know what I mean? It was just it was rough, man. Because I was it, it's something that I've wanted to do since I seen DDP and Macho Man delivering promos back and forth. He's like Damon Dallas Page, yeah, and and he just like he 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 ripped him to shreds like Macho Man could only do, and DDP would come on there and be the guy 
that was for us, you know. He's like, yeah. he looked like us. He had blue jeans on and boots, and yeah. Well, I, I gotta say that that was a fantastic savage you just did. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, that was fantastic. I appreciate, that. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Uh, I, I, as far as as far as stopping and starting and stopping and starting, yeah, man, 2016, 2017, really 2016 to 2021, I want to say. I did my uh, show with you. I listened to it, no joke, like this earlier this week uh, or last week. I listened to it, uh, was listening to it on my phone. I was like, I got to listen to that again because he's coming on. I just want to, you know, I want to see what I said on that interview. I want to see what I did, you know. Uh, and I forgot somebody had called in on it. It was like crazy. I, but uh, all the way up then, and that's when my backyard career really stopped. But I was 15 years in from 07 to 21, 22. And uh, then I started my professional career and that's where I've been since. But I've had to take, I've had to take breaks, that giant gap of a break. And then from 2021 to almost 2023 it was october of 2022 when i had my first match so almost a whole nother year no wrestling and in between that 09 to 2016 i had had 2012 there was a little shimmer of hope and then it was just nothing uh and then 2014 the same thing so i know how that goes yeah uh but i i always wanted to be able to put my shows in a bigger venue at a bigger stage. And that's what I was trying to do through the USBWA because it was, you know, talent sharing, help with equipment, blah, 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 blah. That's what Frank told me whenever I talked to him. And I'm not going to, I'm not saying that it couldn't happen, but it hasn't happened. And it's been several years since I, you know, actually had a conversation with Frank. So, um, but anyway, I, I don't know what's going to happen in my future. I know that I've had a lot of trouble. My last match, I had a lot of trouble. I've coughed a lot here lately. Oh, man. Uh, my lungs, uh, like my, my, I can't breathe, not my lungs, but I guess. Uh, I can't, I couldn't breathe after my last match. There was a move and it wasn't even a serious move. It was just a body slam. Uh, Jeremy Lewis body slammed me. I rolled out of the ring because I couldn't breathe for a minute. And it was a perfect body slam. I landed the way I was supposed to, everything. He, he had perfect positioning We right in the center of the ring. You know, there was no reason for it to have hurt like it did. But I couldn't breathe. Uh, and then I got back in, we finished the match. And after the match, I started coughing and I couldn't breathe. And that's happened a lot at nighttime here at my house. So, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to say my career is winding down completely but i i am gonna say um whoever as far as kayfabe goes whoever is big enough to take the championship off me when that happens i probably most definitely will be taking a break from wrestling for my health and and that's gonna be that's gonna be rough for me because i love getting in there i love the reaction of the crowd whether it's them cheering for me or booing because i've got the experience both in my six professional matches my first three i was a baby face and the last no my first four i was a baby face and these last two i've been a, a heel so i've got to experience both and i love the feeling the euphoria of both um yeah have you has your character always been a bad guy your name's pompous i mean um, have you always been a bad guy or have you been a uh, baby face and uh heel 
when I first started out, man, I, I was, uh, I was silly name, but I was, I was creeper and I was creeper for, for the longest, longest time. That's creepy. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was, uh, I was baby face. Uh, but, uh, when we started, it was, it was around that 2012 time when we, that's when we had kind of brought everything back. Well, we brought everything back in around 2010, but we started getting a little more serious about it, trying to run it like a legit business, even though it was backyard. And, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, Creeper is not a wrestling name. And, and there's really no persona. It's just me. It's just me going out there being me. <laughs> I was like, which is fine. It works. But it's, if, if I'm going to do this, I need to do it right. So I was like, okay, what's, what's a good persona? And right. I, I had my persona. I was like, I want to be a dick. I want to think that I'm better than everybody whether I am or not. And I want to like, you know, stand by everything that I do in comparison to everyone else. Even if I know they're better, I want to make sure that they know that I know that I'm better. Yeah. So once I had the persona I wanted to be, that's when I started thinking about a name. And I was like, okay, well, my name is Jonathan. So let's go with Johnny. Johnny's a, a good, you know, good wrestling name. You know, you got like Johnny, Johnny Lightning, um, Johnny, 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 Johnny Gargani. Yeah. Johnny's just a, just a really good wrestling name. And I was like, I, I need something that, that kind of pops. I'm like, okay, let's see. And then I started thinking, okay, <laughs> I want to be arrogant. I want to be cocky. And then that's, that's when I was like, pompous, Johnny pompous. That's, that's what we'll do. And, and that's what I did, man. I was like, I, I act like, so basically Johnny pompous is, do you watch any AEW? Yeah. MJF. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, nobody does it like him. Like he's he's Johnny Pompous on crack. I mean, that's, no... <laughs> I mean, Johnny that's... Pompous on crack and steroids. <laughs> yeah, he. I mean, he is he's a fantastic heel. He's super fantastic. Love ain't, him. Ain't nobody better right now. In my opinion, that is correct. That I mean, um, you can't get much better than the devil. That yeah, exactly. But no, man, I just I I love heel work. Um, I you know getting cheers is great. Having people hate you and trying hard not to laugh at the things you say is is great because you can tell, man. Like you can tell, like they they want to side with you because you're being funny and you're like, you know, you're cracking on everybody. But at the same time, you're being a dick and you're like putting down the good guy and they yeah. hate you for it. So it, it, it's it's a good feeling. That that's not the way I am as a bad guy. I just. Openly proclaim that the audience is idiots. Oh, yeah. Um, I call them idiots. I am rude to them the entire time. And I just talk about how good I am and how my opponent has no chance. Even Jeremy Lewis, a six foot two, 265 pound guy. Uh, that's, that's who I went against last in my last match. And they, I came out and they started cheering me. And I was like, no, shut up. I just yelled at him, told him to shut up. Oh, yeah. You don't respect me. You don't, you don't. I don't remember what I said. I said a whole bunch of stuff. But there's nothing like getting an audience to cheer for the good guy. When oh, no, no. The story's supposed to go. To me, that's, I, I think that's the best part of being a bad guy for me is just the, the opportunity to be able to help, uh, to, to really see the story that you're trying to put out there come to life, you know, because, uh, if, if you have an idea, if you got this guy and he's supposed to be a good guy and you're the bad guy, 
you want to make that audience know that you're not a good guy. You oh, know? No. And you want to make sure they know this guy across from me is the guy you should be rooting for. And whenever it comes together, chef's kiss. It's beautiful. You yeah. know? Uh, but I, I think my first three matches, the first match I was in, dude, I was, I was amped up, but I was nervous as hell. Uh, being in a ring what was your first match like in a ring were you were you amped up were you nervous were you like let's do this what what was your what was your thought going into that very first match stepping in a ring uh in a in an independent promotion i guess so my my very first match in a ring um it was before the the indies it was uh, the very first time that guy let us use his ring and uh i got maybe maybe 45 minutes of you know, running the ropes, you know, feeling it around and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my very first match was a, a six-man battle royal, which had never had a battle royal. I'd never been in a part of a battle royal, so now I'm in a battle royal in a ring. There's ropes. There's, you know, I, I, I got a very, very, very quick uh, lesson on how to shit can and Man, I was nervous, but I was excited. It was it was it was a wonderful feeling. Um, and then my very first uh, match in the indie scene in a ring, um, luckily enough, was a uh, was with a good buddy of mine named Nick. And uh, man, he uh, I was nervous. There was a lot of people there, um, but I mean, he helped me. I mean, you know, he was he helped me just kind of focus on me and him, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> It was it was it was a good experience. Um, I don't know, man. Like just just hearing a crowd. That's the other thing. I mean, you know, night and day between mattresses, ground, and a ring. Also, night and day between no sound coming from an audience to lots of sound coming from an audience. Or, I don't know what it is. Yeah, or or even no audience to having a larger than suspected audience. Yeah, you know? yeah, uh, like. The, the, the events that I've been to, man, I think the biggest crowd was probably 50 to somewhere between, uh, I, I'd say 45 to 60 people uh, in, a, in a high school gym, you know, yeah. uh, and that was the loudest thing I think I'd ever heard. And then it was it was <laughs> it was just nuts, man, because ours was all pre-recorded. We didn't have any audience come out and watch us because we were in my backyard and uh, my ex-wife there's a reason why I, I am no longer with her and uh, I'll that, but life happens for a reason. It does. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I, I didn't ever have a live audience. So I went into that show and got in the ring. I, I was, I could feel it right now, like jitters inside of me, like, whoa, uh, what am I, what's, oh man, who, <laughs> uh, and then and then my first match was against the guy I just went against recently. Um so we came in there and we trained together so we wanted to show the our trainer, you know, we knew what he was teaching us. So it was a dull match, but it was a very fun match. It it was a very exciting match. It was a very nervous match. I went around high-fiving people and the crowds or <laughs> the crowd was all there. It was great, man. I was like, not. I had just come off being a uh, heel uh, in the SCCW a year before, less than a year before, and now I'm being this 
baby face, this white meat baby face, you know, I call myself simply the best and I am losing. Uh, so, uh, go out there and it was, it was so, I don't know if there's a word to describe it. It's like my dream was fulfilled partially because I got yeah. to do this. You know what I mean? Cause I saw this stuff like, like you were, you were watching ready to rumble. And I was watching, uh, I was watching Nitro and and Raw back and forth, and I saw these people, you know, Steve Austin, the Everyday Champion, over at WWF at the time, you know, being like, uh, "If you want to see Steve Austin whip Vince McMahon's ass, give me a hell yeah," you know, if if you if you want to see that, or you could see Diamond Dallas Page on the other side. Either way, you're getting something that's going to draw you in. And for me, it was DDP. And I said, I'm going to do that one day. And I was seven when I was saying this stuff. And then, lo and behold, 32-year-old Adam gets to wrestle his first professional match. And it was dream fulfillment. It was crazy. Did you did Man. you have a moment like I – did you have a moment uh, – uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. no. I want to answer your question before I do, though. Um, I, I'm I'm sure you're good in the ring, but I'm telling you, man, you may have missed your calling as an impressionist. <laughs> I love doing impressions, man. Uh, you know, I it, I I have no problem getting on a tangent about that. <laughs> uh, I I do love doing impressions. I I did them for a long time. I wanted to be a voice actor for a while. You know, like oh hell yeah, it, it, it it's a lot of fun. It just talking like whoever you know you could talk like donald trump i don't know what anybody's political views but this doesn't have anything to do with politics so this is fake news it's not a really big deal everybody just needs to calm down it's going to be a-okay just remember what i told you i said it's going to be okay we're going to make america great again it's something like that oh that's fantastic you could do you you could have him come in there i used to do rocky all the time but i don't do him very much anymore he's like He's like, uh, you know, if you're going to get into a fight, you got to make sure you're the last one standing when you're punching and you're punching and you're breaking your fist on his head. Something like that. I can't remember. But just I've always my uncle got me into wrestling and my dad and my uncle did all kinds of silly voices all the time. And then I started seeing it was OK to be different when you grow up. You don't have to necessarily quotation marks grow up in a sense you can oh, be yeah. just, you can be childlike you can have fun and just do this and that you know what i mean and so i took that and i've kind of just lived like however i, I don't care if i'm weird i don't care if people say this dude's just stupid you know that's you have the right to your opinion but it doesn't affect how i live my life you know man I mean? that that is that is a hundred percent true man like you know i know <laughs> i don't wish i wish more people you know, understood. That's the way to be. Like, you know, there's too many people out there that are that are trying to fit in or just trying to fit in a box and then like, you know, fit the mold and you know, and what's what's deemed normal and acceptable. Like, yeah, you know, be you. Just you know, be we've, you. We we've got enough of like this, like, you know, and I, I don't mean to like get into this kind of tangent, but you know, we we've got so many trends and, and you know, what's what's popular, what's cool, like what's the thing to do? And you you've got like we'll just call this person, you know, you know, I don't know, Jane. And, and we've got like 8 million Janes out there and, 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 you know, not enough, like, you know, just individuals. Just everybody's trying to be the same person most of the time. Yep. It's crazy. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of people get caught up in in like you said the trends or the the what is in right now. What's what's going to make everybody be like, oh, there they are. I know that person because they blah blah blah, or because they, yeah. you know, they just did that TikTok dance and they got four billion views. Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck does that matter? I mean, exactly. just be yourself. I I enjoy talking to people. That's why I started the podcast. It was just the first twelve episodes of last season was me and family and friends and some other people. Like uh, I had a guy who hosted a podcast called Heal Radio. I co-hosted for the last airing of it whenever they did it last time whenever we did it last time it was uh me rodney and chris uh me rodney huh no i was just saying okay uh oh sorry no Uh, no, we were we were uh doing it on that last set uh and i had him on rodney dyer hot rod rodney dyer he was the host uh i was the man of a thousand voices uh and uh chris was the wrestling guru So we just got on there. We wrote down, we talked on a call beforehand. We wrote down topics and this and that. And uh, just did a wrestling podcast, reviewed the week or whatever. Um, but then uh, I got him on. I got my friend Glenn on, who is one of my really good friends. And uh, my friend Mike as well. You know, all my friends that I had on have meaning apart from just being my friends. Mike and Jesse have acted in short films that I've done. And Mike uh, is a musician like uh, like I am. So I could talk to him about this and that. I didn't on that episode. I want to get him on, getting off topic again. Uh, but after those first 12 episodes, I had nothing but special guests. And I'm uh, continuing to have nothing but special guests, starting with you as the season two premiere episode. Um, starting uh, with you, I have the rest of this season. I have the first, I think, five guests, four after you and you included, uh, already uh, already revealed online. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. I always have a lot of fun doing this, but there's no reason for people to think, you know, just because, uh, just because, I don't know who the hell, uh, Charlie D'Amelio, is that how you say her name? I don't know. But uh, just because she's doing this doesn't mean you have to do this. Be yourself. Be unique. Be someone that you want to be because that's what your family and all your friends and people who care about you want for you. Whatever you want for yourself, they want for you. So, I mean, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And like I said earlier, whenever you were talking about life, uh, like Jeff Goldblum for a second, you know, life finds a way. Um, Like, whenever life happens, life comes first. So, yeah absolutely and um that's that's what i try to keep in mind i don't care what everybody else thinks because they're not in my bubble they're not in my inner circle you know what i mean the people the way that I look are, at it the yeah the way are, i look at it man go, <laughs> go ahead i am going to stop talking for a second and let you talk no no no, no 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 you're good man you you were on a roll there you're <laughs> on a roll it's not a big roll go ahead though seriously <laughs> no no I, no i was just gonna kind of you know just follow up with all that just you know trends come and go but you are always in yeah always man i i think that a lot of people get uh i think a lot of the times if people have a dream or a goal or something and they're going after it and they get close or even if they reach it and then something happens and it pulls the rug out from underneath them 
they have like a really low moment. I know like right now coming up after, like I said earlier in kayfabe, um, if somebody's able to take my title from me that I have, I'm going to walk away uh, right. for a while for my health. And that that's pulling the rug out from under me, knowing that I have, I'm on a time frame, you know, of some sort, because it sucks when you can't breathe for one. It sucks whenever you get the wind knocked out of you and your back hurts after that for a little bit, you know, and you can't breathe after the match. And the thing that sucks the most is knowing that I want to do something, but physically I'm not able to do it to the best of my ability. So I don't want to put a bad product out there for any promotion I'm at, you know? And so I have to put my dream on pause for however amount of time. I don't want to say that it's done after that. I don't want to say it's not done because I just don't know the future. Yeah. Um, But I'm not going to let that get me down. Uh, I did want to ask you, have you had moments where the rug was pulled out from underneath you before? And how did you deal with, how did you deal with that? Absolutely. Um, So when I started doing the rookie show at XCW and I started like, you know, kind of hanging out more with some of these people, um, met a great dude, Um, had him on my podcast. His name Madman Pondos. His name's Kevin Kennedy. He's, Great guy. He's a fantastic dude, fantastic, you know, wrestler, worker. Um, and there was a moment where there was a possibility that I, I don't want to get too into it, but there was an opportunity that uh, that I had that I let someone else make a decision on what I should do and. I never got that opportunity back. And at the time, I was pretty upset by it because somebody else got that opportunity and went pretty far. I don't I don't want to say names, um, but this person came from the backyard, was actually in my backyard, and took this opportunity, ran with it, and went pretty much as far as you can go. Um, the thing is, do I? It took me a while to realize a few things. Number one, even if I had taken him up on this opportunity, there's no guarantee that I would have ended up in the same place. And number two, when I first started wrestling in general. I only ever set one goal for myself, and that was to step foot into a wrestling ring. That was really the only goal that I had. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. Everybody who wrestles, be it in the backyard, trampoline, mattress, in a house, in the indies, everyone's got that aspiration and fantasy of, man, it'd be nice to be in WWE. Man, it'd be nice to be in TNA. You know, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd be lying if, if, if I said that that fantasy never crossed my mind. But it was never a goal. Like, I, I had never actively tried to make that happen. Right. So, I can look back at it now. Because I do know, like, you know, am I done with wrestling? I can't say. Am I done competing? Most likely. And that's, and that's due to health reasons as well. Um, but I can look back at my 20 years. And I have no regrets. 
there are missed opportunities, yes. But I set one goal for myself, achieved it multiple times, did, you know, however short-lived it was, I did run a professional company, met a lot of great people, met some people I never thought I'd get to meet, one of which was a huge idol of mine, big fan of him. Um, so, I mean, I, I I look back, you know, with nothing but fond memories. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of drama here and there. There's a lot of missed opportunities. Um, but I, I can't say anything negative about it was all an experience. It was all a, just a great overall experience that I don't think I would trade for anything or, or change. Because I, I think everything that happens or doesn't happen has led me to where I need to be. Whether it's where I you know, desire to be, it's definitely where I need to be. And I'm thankful for it. Amen, man. That's, that's great. Because the, the, the thing I think people get stuck on is just that bad thing. And whatever it is, you know, it's uh, my car crashed now I don't have a vehicle or, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm not able to make a payment. So I got to make a double payment next time. Whatever it may be, the smallest or biggest things, it doesn't matter. You get hung up on that one thing. I equate life to a walk, right? So if you're walking forward, you're doing what you need to be doing. You're continually moving forward. You are not stopping and impeding. You are not looking backwards. But the minute you stop, and you turn and look back at what's in the past or, or something that's, that's happened that's hurt you, as soon as you do that, you're hurting yourself. Uh, you don't even realize it because you're impeding your walk. You're stopping that walk, your progress. Because all the walk, walk is is making progress moving forward. So you're, uh, you're stopped. You're looking backwards. You're not looking in the right direction at all. And you're, you're hurting yourself when you're doing that. Even if you're standing, looking back and forth, you're not moving. You're making a decision. You're working on a thought, but you're not moving forward. The, the goal is to continually be moving forward, bettering yourself for yourself. Uh, and, and when you do that, when you better yourself for yourself, it'll help everyone else around you. And I think people get hung up on the one bad thing. They stop and they stay looking backwards. They don't turn around. They say, this is what happened. And how am I going to move past it? How am I going to get over it? Well, that's, that's the hard part. That's the difficult part. How do you get past it? How do you move forward by doing what you can, by, by seeing it's not the end, by seeing that it's, it's one thing, no matter how big or small, and you can and will get past it. That's right. You know, so that's a great outlook on life that, that you have, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, and not changing or regretting anything. And I can say the same thing, man. Everything that's happened in my life has happened because uh, or happened to lead me to where I am today, being a more strong, a more confident person. Uh, and, and knowing that, you know, I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to do stuff that's not always correct. But I'm going to learn from that and I'm going to con- uh, continue to make progression in my life. That's it, um, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all it's all part of the journey. Yes, sir. This big journey we call life. Um, <laughs> what is uh what is uh some of your proudest achievements, man? Proudest achievements. Oh man, uh, let's see. 
That's a tough one. That's a, that's a tough one. Um, I gotta say, uh, it it was just it was mainly our group. Like uh, not not this last show that we did, but the one right before the very first one that we did coming back. Um, wasn't a huge audience, but it was the first time that our group um, had the full setup. You know, it was indoors. It was a venue. We were running the whole thing, and we we kind of picked up where we left off. So that was me with the championship. And when we stopped the backyard back, you know, years and years ago, uh, my belt was was not the the nicest looking thing, not the not the most well made thing. Yeah. Um. But this belt um was professionally made. It was it was custom. It was man, I, I love I love the belt. Yeah. I got to walk out with this thing over my shoulder, uh, through you know coming out of Gorilla through an actual entry, uh, entrance way to my music. You know, I looked over. Saw two uh, two announce two commentators in suits talking about me. There's some people in the crowd just you know booing me because prior prior that night I had come out and uh, and introduced myself to people and they didn't like it. Um, but man, just I, I took it all in. I just I just sat there, stood there, holding my belt, looking at everything, and. You know, was it was it the big leagues? No. Was it WWE? No. But I was I was proud. To me, that just that felt like it, man. That was that was the icing on the cake for me. And I main evented that night, lost my belt, but it's a great match. It was a, it was a fantastic match. It was a nice triple threat. Um, and that match just flowed. I I, I had been out of the ring at that point for two five plus years mm-hmm. and i was i was just worried about how it was going to go but man it it ran smooth uh didn't miss a beat in my opinion and i and i was proud because not only was i coming back in a full setup but i i, I proved to myself that i could still do it and and i think i think that's to me, that's that's my biggest personal achievement in wrestling. Let's talk about the podcast for a second before before we wind down. What yeah. was, what was your experience on your podcast, man? How how was that? Like, how did that come about? So the <laughs> the Johnny Pompa show has always been like a a, a running joke uh, with my character in in our group. Um, basically, what it was was it was just my arrogance you know I would, I would come out and be like you know this ain't k-i-n-c-e this ain't k-u-w-a this is the johnny pompa show they just haven't got it around to changing the name of the show yet and i used to say this all the time so i'd have people come up to me and be like you know I, i'd come out you know to the ring and then they would come out and be like now i just want to make sure it's okay for me to be here this is the johnny pompa show right like i could be here <laughs> it, it, it was fantastic so one day, uh, uh, my buddy David's like, "Man, you you should actually do a Johnny Pompa show." I was like, "Well, what what would that be?" He's like, "I don't know, man. Just like you know, to have people on." I was like, "You like a podcast? Like interview people?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "I'll, I'll give it a try." And 
I enjoyed it. I did. I, I got to uh, meet a lot of interesting people, hear a lot of stories. But there's there's nothing like hearing somebody else's story because they're always different. But like there are cores and elements that are very similar. I mean, I've noticed that that wrestlers they they all kind of have the same like drive, like you know that passion's there, man. Like and and, and bonding over a passion is wonderful. So yeah. I, mean, I, I got to have a lot of good conversations and. And meet some cool guys. Yeah. Um, what was what was uh, your big moment? What was a big moment in the podcast? Or were there any moments? Should I say? Because you've had a lot of people on, I'm sure. Uh, I'd, I'd I'd say Pondo was uh was probably my my biggest moment as far as guests go. Um, you know he's he's a great guy just to talk to in 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 general in any aspect or medium. But man. <sighs> To if I'm gonna try to pinpoint really anything else, yeah. Again, I mean, I I, and I and I hate. I know this is kind of a cop out, but every single interview that was not one of my direct friends. So like you, um, Michael Craven from, uh, oh man, uh, that they're from Wisconsin. I, I can't think of the name of their group right offhand. He's he's gonna chew me out later for that. Um, but, <laughs> but no, uh, talking to all these different guys, man, from all these different states, it's like, you know, because I I messaged a couple guys, like I had posted in in the USBWA group, you know, not knowing if anybody'd be interested, you know, not a whole lot of people had even heard of me. Yeah. But you know, I'd have people message me, like, man, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be be on your show, and just getting to talk to somebody from a different state that. I had no prior connection with man. It was it was big to me. Yeah, it, it's it's big to me, man. Because like the first season, uh, from thirteen on, I mean, not not counting the uh, family friend part of it. From thirteen episode thirteen on, man, I was talking to pro wrestlers from Arkansas. I was talking to filmmakers, actors, MMA fighters, people who have done all kinds of things all over the place. You know, and it was it was wild because I'm talking to these celebrities essentially, you know. Yeah, it's it's like you get to hear their side of what they've done. You get to hear big moments from them. Talk to them about pretty much anything you want within reason, and just get to have a cool conversation, much like the one we're having right now. I mean, oh, yeah, you know, I I love the aspect. I love learning, uh, just whatever. So I mean, I came into the podcast uh, with this thing that I said. And it's basically the show's going to be about anything and everything. Like I'm, I got friends who like manga. I don't watch ma- or, or not manga. Uh, anime. anime. Yeah, I said manga like it was a movie. It's a freaking book. Um, <laughs> but uh, anime, and I'm not into anime, but I could ask them questions and learn about it. You know what I mean? I I could yeah. learn about my friend Glenn. He's huge into games tabletop and video games so i could talk to him about video games or comic books or tabletop games anything nerd related i could talk to him about and learn all kinds of crap i didn't know and 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 these other people that i have had on the show i don't know anything about their experiences so ask about that you'll learn about people everybody like you said has a story so i think i did it because i just wanted to talk to a bunch of people sometimes sometimes you get in the mood to just talk and it doesn't do any good to talk to a wall, you know, uh, sure. even if you, even if you have uh, a significant other and you want to talk to them, sometimes they just don't want to talk and they want to do their own thing. 
and you're just left there like fidgeting your thumbs or something. So I, I started this so I could just talk. I could get thoughts and opinions out. I could talk to other people about their thoughts and opinions, get some information about stuff and, you know, just have a fun time talking to people. I learned about archaeology from an actor the other day, uh, last year, you know. It, that's it was, interesting. Yeah, she's she was a she just retired from being an archaeologist. She's an uh, actor. She does a lot of background work, but also uh, she's been in several independent films. So I mean, uh, it, it was really cool talking to her. You know, uh, I, I learned a lot about that from her. I learned about filmmaking from a filmmaker. <laughs> Who would have thought? But I did. <laughs> you know, I learned about all kinds of things, and even got notes on a on a short film I made from them. So I mean making connections with people is, is really, really cool. It's really fun. Um, and I think that's what a podcast should be just a cool conversation, you know, and that's what I try to do with everybody. Um, but winding down on this, man, I I like to end every episode with three things that you're thankful for. For me, it's, it's usually pretty much the same, but I'm not going to change it because it's things I'm very grateful for, man. Like my family, my friends and support system, uh, this platform that lets me talk to amazing people such as yourself and, uh, and the opportunity and ability to do this where other people, you know, wouldn't necessarily, uh, or, or couldn't because uh, out of fear, you know, uh, but I'm, th- I'm very grateful that I have the ability to be able to talk to people and, articulate thoughts most of the time I, yeah, 75% of the time so yeah most of the time uh, pretty accurately of what I'm thinking what are th- three things that you're grateful for three things that I am grateful for um, um, my wife and kids for sure um, this day and age um, I, I'm grateful for my job I actually have a a job that it's first time in my life that I've had a job where I don't just like not dread it, but I actually like it. I I enjoy being at my job. I I enjoy going. And truthfully, man, the third one is I'm grateful that by the grace of God, I wake up every morning. Amen. Yeah. You're not guaranteed that by any means. Uh, And yeah, man, uh, I, I agree with you on the job thing as well and i'm grateful that i have a car that works yeah for sure (laughs) well man hey i appreciate you coming on dude uh it it really means a lot to me that you or literally anybody else that's been on here and will be on here in the future will come on here at all would agree to it i'm just some dude that likes talking to people and very grateful and thankful that guests would come on here i'm especially thankful that you'd come on here when i think we've talked Apart from that interview, maybe twice. So yeah. <laughs> well, man, I, I I had a good time, and truthfully, down the road, if uh, if you ever want me to come back, just say the words. So I'll be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will reach out to you at some point if uh, an opening is up later in the season, or maybe even next season, get you back on. But it's early in this season, so who knows? We may have you on again two times in one season, maybe. All right, all right, man. I appreciate it. You have a great rest of your night. Yeah, you too. Take care. That episode was awesome, guys. And I think you'll agree that the conversation was just smooth. 
we got into so much more than just backyard wrestling when I was talking to Johnny. We talked about life. We talked about getting through hard stuff and not caring about what other people try to, you know, deem as weird or unusual uh, and just being yourself. And it's okay to be yourself. You don't have to be like other people. And it was, it was just, as you can see, I'm getting a little more passionate about it now. It was an easy conversation and a good conversation. It was fun. And I hope you guys had as much fun as I did when I was talking to him listening. It's not going to stop, though, with him. This train keeps rolling. Episode 2 of Season 2, we are going to have a very special guest, my professional wrestling trainer, the man known as El Rey, Antonio Reyes, commissioner, owner of South Central Wrestling in Mountain Pine, Arkansas, is going to be on next week. So stay tuned for another fun, awesome conversation, guys. Never forget to always listen when Adam talks.